Welcome to Unlocking Insights from Unlocking Ambition, Scotland's flagship business accelerator. At our 2022 graduation event, Zoe Cantunatu took to the stage to introduce Spotlights, founder conversations with members of the Unlocking Ambition community. Why do they do what they do? What are the key challenges they faced? And what's next? This episode, Dr. Stephanie Terrany brown from Pure Water International and Douglas Martin from Myalgi. They talk about their careers, businesses, and taking the opportunity to collaborate. With all our guests on Unlocking Insights, please remember that all views expressed are their own and reflective of their own personal and professional experience. So this is Unlocking Insights with Dr. Stephanie Terrany brown and Douglas Martin. Hello. How Hello. are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. It's a pleasure to be here and to see people in real pokey flesh. I know, is that what you've gone, been doing around and poking people? Well, I should have been doing that. Um, but no, I agree with you, it's been amazing. Um, and of course, thank you for joining me for this discussion. Um, do you want to start by talking about your journey so people can get an idea about who you are and what brought you to where you are today? Sure. Um, I will start with my disgusting journey, which is that I love poo. <laughs> I, I did a PhD on shit. I spent a lot of time at sewage treatment works. My husband had ulcerative colitis and was shitting 30 times a day. Like, I can talk about poo all day long. In fact, I, I usually do. Um, so that's kind of where I started from. And I realised on wastewater treatment sites that the technology hadn't changed in about 60 years. But what we're flushing down the toilet really has. So in terms of chemicals and in terms of pharmaceuticals. So any drug that any of us take, whether it's an antidepressant or an anti-inflammatory, you excrete, you wee or poo out, between 40 and 90% of that pharma. And any cleaning product that we use in our households, we use a lot of you know, toxic chemicals, whether we like it or not, in our, in our households. And a lot of that ends up down the drains and in the sewage treatment works. These systems can't, like, they don't change how they've been able to process. And the systems haven't changed at all in 60 years, as I said. Um, and a lot of that ends up in our rivers and our seas. And so that it's causing a, a tremendous environmental strain. So I was working in East Africa on Lake Victoria. And I was... I was a social scientist, I'm not, I'm not a hardcore scientist at all, but I was noticing that like a lot of um, uh, industrial wastewater and a lot of just you know, shit was ending up in Lake Victoria and it wasn't being treated. I came back to Scotland and I was working on a wastewater treatment site here and I was looking at what was going to the Firth of Forth and lo and behold, it wasn't that different. Um, so I designed or co-designed with um, my uh, two co-founders from Clean Water Wave um, a water treatment system that was actually designed for low-income countries to treat drinking water. And we tested it on a wastewater treatment site here in Scotland, and we were testing a whole different range of different parameters. Um, and, and kind of, we had great success with that. And then what happened last year um, is we kind of reached a bit of a fork in the road with Clean Water Wave. And that was set up as a social enterprise. And my two co-founders were very much dedicated to the international development sector. They're currently in the Caribbean at the moment, um, working on projects, drinking water projects, uh, with the system, the low energy system that we uh, developed. Um, and I could really see the kind of commercial and industrial scale of what we were doing, but on industrial wastewater. So I left Clean Water Wave at the end of last year. And um, now with 
PWI, and we're working on industrial wastewaters, everything from on a hospital site at the moment where we're removing over half a kilo of microplastics from every cube of water, so from every thousand litres of water, we're getting at least half a kilo of microplastics from the wastewater. Um, looking at pharmaceuticals in waters, we're looking at um, basically any disgusting effluent stream that you can think of. <laughs> I want it. Give it to me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and we're trying to do it in, in really in as sustainable way as possible. So a lot of classic wastewater treatments use loads of chemicals. We're trying to use, as ben if we have to use any chemicals, use benign chemicals. If we can work in as uh, an efficient and as low energy way as possible, that's what we do. We've been looking at different technologies to combine different technologies to get a circular solution as possible. Um, yeah, and that, that's kind of what we're up to. Amazing. I love that. And obviously, I'm glad we have you for last because obviously, kind of like, this is the conversation we should be having, isn't it? Yeah. Just, just after lunch. Um, <laughs> better than before lunch. <laughs> I know that it isn't. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, but obviously, kind of like for me, thank you so much for sharing your journey and kind of like obviously your passion comes through of kind of like what you believe into. Um, if you're happy to do this, I, know, I don't know how much, obviously it's quite a big decision to leave something that you build and move on to something else. How was that for you? Anything that you feel can share and kind of like, if you want and if you can't, be relevant to everyone who's listening? Yeah, um, yeah, a couple of things. So partly the Unlocking Ambition cohort has been phenomenal. Actually, two people in particular were quite instrumental in believing whether or not they know it. So Joe from Talking Medicines was like, if it's not working, go, leave. Like, just, you know, go on to something else. And Scott from Foxwater was like, if you're really unhappy, there's no point being really deeply unhappy. If, you know, if, again, if it's kind of not working and you're unhappy and you know that there's another opportunity, do it. So I had kind of two instrumental, I guess, kind of snippets of conversations and, conversa and that kind of helped. And then I guess the last two years have been tricky for everybody. Um, and then for me in particular, so I had a, I had a baby and then two weeks later, my dad took his own life. Um, and so that was like very difficult and then two months later we went into lockdown so it was just a shit storm <laughs> talk about shit a lot sorry um and so it was just really hard and I think you know I was left with clean water wave I was simultaneously dealing with an awful lot and trying to build a business with business partners that wanted something else and so we kind of just got to the decision that you know they really wanted to pursue one angle of the business and I wanted to pursue another and so that was it was a very amicable split and it's worked out really well and we still you know we still work a lot together um but i think it was very uh enlightening for me to get those conversations with with um with scott in particular he was really helpful and was just like you know he'd been through a difficult time as well in a different company i was like well if it's not working and you're not happy don't do it <laughs> that's such simple advice but actually it's much harder to take on board especially when it's like you know it's your baby you know quite literally i'd co-founded it and for four years we'd worked really hard on the on the tech and um, doing all the trials and kind of developing all the pipeline of work and yeah but ultimately it's been absolutely the right decision thank you so much for sharing and um it's kind of like important having these conversations having gone through something similar of like co-founders that don't want the same thing and having to split and everything having that support system of people enterprise founders who can understand that feeling as you say like, you know the moment when you go and like i'm actually not happy in this business that's that is instrumental in changing everything. So thank you so much for sharing in, in your personal story. And I'm so glad it worked out. I'm so glad that was the right decision. You can sit here and be like, yes, that was, that was kind of like, we're moving forward and it's exciting. 
Um, one of the things you've been working on recently, and we have it here on the screen, is the Unlocking at Zero podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was cool, guys. I know. <laughs> um, obviously, yes, if you haven't listened to that yet, it's on Spotify. You can just go, you can listen to it, or wherever you're getting your, your podcast. I'm not sure why it's at Spotify. Um, but obviously, kind of like you also spoke to a few people from the Unlock Innovation cohorts. Can you tell me how the idea came about and kind of like how was the experience to talk to, to people? Um, I love podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, and then it was kind of in the lead up to COP and I got in touch with Alison. I was like, Alison, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we did some interviews? And she's like, oh, I've been thinking about the same thing. You want to do it for me? <laughs> exactly like that. Um, and so I was like, well, let's do a, should we do a podcast? And Alison went, yes, let's do it. Um, so I did, and it was brilliant, and Ali was on it, and um, a bu- Doug was on it, and a bunch of different other people, and um, Ash, who I'm not, I think she might have gone. Um, but it's, I think also after two years of like just living in my shed, basically, um, it was just really nice to connect with people, and I missed having like this, like seeing other people and learning from everybody, and uh, doing the interviews was just brilliant, so I would... You know, if you if you liked today and enjoyed listening to Sean was on it, shout out Sean. Um, uh, yeah, if you like learning about what everybody else is up to and and what they've learned from their journeys and kind of especially if I guess kind of low carbony, sustainable, kind of green tech is your thing, then there's a lot of learning to be done from it. So I would definitely listen to it and skip the first five minutes because it's just introductory waffle chat and just get into, get into it. <laughs> Amazing. Also know that you're very big on collaboration. So can I get Douglas, hello, um, to... Hmm? Douglas to, Martin. Douglas Martin, everyone. Yes. I was so worried. I said your name wrong for some reason and I was like, I was waiting for the moment someone was like, no, it's not. Um... Can I get you to introduce yourself, say a bit, and kind of like talk about how you've been together? Yeah, thanks very much. Um, so I founded a company called MyAlgae, uh, who takes the, the co-products from the whiskey industry, and we use it to grow these really rich, nutritious uh, algae off the back end that effectively produce omega-3s. And where omega-3s come from at the minute is by mincing up whole shoals of fish off the coast of South America and West Africa and shipping them over here, and we use them to feed our animals. And it's really important for those animals to have that nutritious source of omega-3s from an immune system point of view, from everything. But they use more fish out of the ocean than they produce in Scotland. And it's coming from West Africa. And so the idea was really, how do you produce that cheaply? And how do you cut out that middleman? And the idea was, go down to the single cells that, that do it. And we're, we're now really scaling. The tech's finally behaving itself, which is the, the bash next to my desk for the last four years, I think. Um, and we're, we're at that process now of starting to launch real products in ton volumes, which is super exciting. Amazing. And thank you so much for joining us on the stage platform. Um, do you want to talk a bit about the collaboration and kind of how you've been working together? Anyone who wants yeah, to? I'll, I'll start and then Stephanie can jump in. Um, so effectively what we do is we take the, the liquid byproducts from the whiskey industry and we take out 90 to 95% of the, the nutrients in them. But we still end up with this small portion of, it's not shit, which is good, but it's, it's still wastewater. And it's still something that we really want to treat down so that we can give a, a holistic solution that these millions of liters of water that the distilleries are producing can go back into the rivers and can not harm any of the, the wildlife, not harm any of anything else, and commercially make a lot of sense. And I think when we started chatting in Unlucky Ambition 1, 
um, we it kind of made a lot of sense that we we had a look at a, a project together. Yeah, we were a lot less wrinkly when we first met. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially, the effluent byproducts that Doug uses are really good for growing his algae. But by that same token, it also means that if you put them into a river, it's going to not be very good for the environment of the river because everything, you know, it's like sweet sugar water and it just makes everything grow. Um, so even if you know, you've got 5% of that stuff going into a river, it's not good news for your river. So we initially started doing just bench trials like in a lab. So we, we were taking you know, the effluent from the back end of Doug's process and then we were trying to treat it and it, we didn't have much success early on and then we were trying to adapt it to see how we could change what we were doing, the processes. And that's just what it's been like, an iterative process. And um, I think when we think about circular economy solutions, there is no silver bullet. There's no one technology that fits everything. But there are lots of different approaches and different technologies that when you fit them together can come up with something really, really powerful. And that's what working with Doug is, is giving us um, together. And I think, you know, his customer is excited about what he's doing but then is also excited about what we can add to the whole product so that the kind of whole solution is as hunky-dory as possible i love that i love what you say about kind of like this idea that you know in a way by coming together we can have bigger impact and you know sometimes we're so focused on like our solution and how it can work and it's kind of like making it competitive and everything but it's like if you have this impact in mind of how can we change the world then it makes so much sense to come together and collaborate and, and bring that yeah but make no bones about it the roi is that's what that's what the customer ultimately cares exactly. about right the financials have to make sense um but and, and that's kind of what what we've been trying to push towards as well in terms of demonstrating to, to the to the customer why it well they know why it makes sense because they get hit over the head with fines if they don't do it but <laughs> i think so i think that that element of kind of bolting things together and kind of running through the techno-economics is the core driver of some of these things and the fact that Stephanie's system is really low energy and is quite passive in the way it works in a lot of senses really helps us as a whole drop our techno-economics down so that we can really meet both customers ends because effectively we've got the distilleries as a customer and the and the aqua feed or the, the pet food industry and making sure that everyone's happy is kind of the, the pain of circular economy I guess. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. It's been brilliant. A big round of applause for uh, Stephanie. Thanks so much for listening to Unlocking Insights. Subscribe to the series and be sure never to miss an episode. Please share with your networks and on social media channels, tag us using hashtag Unlocking Insights Podcast.